Well, a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Palace fans throughout the world. Welcome again to another edition of the Red and Blue Review podcast. Um, with me, Ian Noble, your host this evening, uh, sitting in for the uh, sick note, that is Nick Philpott, who um, I think won't be driving a bus anytime soon around South London because he really isn't very well. If you're watching tonight, Nick, get well soon and we hope to see you back on the show very, very soon. So a happy bonfire night as well to everyone. I've got fireworks going off outside my window. So if it gets a bit noisy, that's why. And it's probably the same way you are. Um, whether we're going to have any fireworks or anything like that on the show tonight remains to be seen. But joining me um, with uh, on tonight's show, uh, we have a sort of international flavour to our panel. And uh, all the way from Ireland, we have Fergus Tigg. Good evening, Ferg. How are you? Evening, I'm very well, thank you. Evening, everybody. Jolly good. And and representing Scotland, of course, the uh, the legend, that is uh, Jim Cannon. Hello, Jim. Good evening. Hope you're all well. Yeah, we're all well. Good to see you, Jim. Thanks for joining us again. You've become a, a real staple on this show. So thank you very much for joining us again this evening. And a face that you won't have seen for a little while, of course, um, the um, Antipodean uh, Palace expert from Down Under in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, good morning, Aaron Mayers. How are you? Good morning, everybody, and good evening over there. And yeah, hello. Good morning. <laughs> been a so, while. Well, it's been a while. That's right. So tell us, for anyone watching um, that doesn't know about you and where you are, uh, tell us where you are, uh, what the temperature is outside, what time of day it is, and all that kind of stuff, very quickly. Yeah. So it is literally just turned seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, I, I think it's about I think it's about 25 outside at the moment, but I know it's going to be about 30, 32 today. So, uh, yeah, shorts and T-shirts for me at work uh, now for the next probably six months. Brilliant stuff. And, you know, just outside Melbourne, yeah? Yes, yeah, literally, yeah, about 20 minutes, half hour. So, yeah, it's uh, good. nice Very and good. sunny morning and uh, make it even better with uh, three points. So, uh, yeah, let's go to work. There we are. So uh, the Australian um, representative, Aaron, is with us today. So that's all good. Uh, and, of course, uh, the world's a small place because you don't have to be in the UK to watch the Palace these days. You can watch it anywhere in the world. And uh, very often it's easier to watch the games anywhere else in the world other than in the UK, actually. Um, on Correct. Well, it's a three o'clock kickoff. Um, so coming up on tonight's show, we'll be unpacking, of course, the three points uh, earned away at Turf Moor yesterday afternoon. I was there. Um, I'm feeling a little bit jaded. Um, I worked out I was out the house about 18 hours or a bit more than that, actually. Uh, left about half past five, got home just before midnight. Um, so just still recovering from that one. Um, was it uh, a smash and grab or uh, was it a Roy Hodgson uh, tactical defensive masterclass? Um, plus, we'll announce uh, at least one of the results from the fan advisory board um, we have for you uh, tonight, a vote. Um, and um, before we get into all of that, um, let's just have uh, a think about yesterday's win um and don't forget of course i lost my train of thought there guys sorry about that um i lost my train of thought um don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel i didn't write these notes nick philpott wrote them um don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel this is a great help to us at the red and blue review it costs you absolutely nothing and uh you can listen back of course to any of the previous shows um or go to our website redandbluereview.co.uk or you can simply ask uh, your smart speaker if you have one. I, ha I don't have one. But if you've got one, you can say, play the latest Red and Blue Review podcast. And apparently it will play the Red and Blue Review podcast. Um, thanks to Tom Sark, Clark Samuel, who does the Instagram page, uh, red underscore and underscore blue underscore review, uh, for all the stuff he puts on there. Um, I think the quizzes are a bit difficult, actually, Tom. I don't know about anyone else if, if watching that does look follows Instagram, but I think they're a bit challenging. Um, so maybe a few easier questions uh, coming up. That would be helpful. Um, so before we get into the game, what I was going to say earlier was um, that we have the news about the Fan Advisory Board. Of course, our very own uh, Tim Richards um, has been successful, hasn't he? Um, I don't produced... think a lot of what you've said is particularly fair, Tim. Oh, yeah. Simon Jordan agrees with you. Of course, yeah. Uh, your biggest fan. Uh, successful, of course. So we're delighted for you, Tim, in all seriousness, um, that you are representing... Uh, the gold members on the club's fan advisory board. And we're going to get you back on the show next week. You can tell us more about it next week. Um, this hasn't been announced officially by the club yet, apparently. So we actually don't know who all the other people are. But we do know that Tim has been successful. So well done, mate. 
congratulations from all of us here. Um, thank you to everyone joining us um, in the chat. Good to see you all. Uh, lots of familiar faces. Um, do uh, comment and join in with the show. Uh, ask your questions, and we'll try to get to some of them later on if we can, um, especially if you've got anything for Jim. Um, uh, along the lines of how do you defend um, as well as we did yesterday? Um, and Jim, I'm sure, has got a view on that as we unpack the game. So let's get into the game. Let's dive into it. Let's have a look at the lineup first of all. And here we are. Uh, Check the core there, I think, in that image. Uh, team was unchanged from the lineup that faced Spurs at Sellers Park um, a week or so earlier. Johnson in goal, of course. Ward with the armband. Gahey, Anderson, and Mitchell make up the back four. Uh, Lerma and Decore. Uh, Ayu Hughes playing in a sort of advanced midfield role, which was a bit unusual for him. At Schlup and Edouard down the middle. Um, Fergus, you're going to lead on the game for us. Um, the other guys will come in. They've watched bits of it or all of it. Uh, over to you, my friend. Okay. Um, so you may or may not know, but I think Palace have played Burnley 39 times. Oh, I didn't know that. Burnley, Burnley have won 12. Palace have won 12. We've drawn 15 prior to the game. So um, we're statistically better than Burnley now. <laughs> and Burnley had lost their five previous home games. Um, and I think they were against teams like um, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Villa. So we're in good company. Um, but the game the game started probably how we all expected it. Burnley thinking, OK, it's Palace. We've got a chance now of crushing that horrible record that they've got and, um, and turning us over. And, well, the first sort of 20, 25 minutes, it was just a flurry of Burnley attacks and lots and lots of different corners. They had a, a really good chance very early on around the second or third minute with a header by Anduni, which just went wide of the post. Mm. Um, and then in the 22nd minute, um, Palace are, are completely against the run of play. I mean, we weren't really in the game. We were defending well, but creating very little. Um, we, we hit Burnley on the break, so it was kind of like a sort of, I don't know what you would call it, a wild kick down the wing and are you... Well, let me, um, hang on a minute. Let me stop you there. A wild kick down the wing. This was Anderson. Uh, okay. this is, it, this was, is... it was a hopeful, <laughs> a hopeful kick. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a punt, I suppose, wasn't it, down the right wing? It was yeah. a punt, yeah. I mean, it didn't go to IU. It went to the Burnley defender. I mean, it wasn't a great pass. Um, so we, we, we can call it a punt. But, um, but the Burnley defender... Um, who was it? It was Bayer. Yeah, number five. Yeah. Yeah. Just made a complete mess of it. Um, and Ayu, like he always does, um, put pressure on him, forced him into an error, took the ball off him. Nice little swivel down to the touchline, crosses it and slaps at the back post. And it's 1-0 Palace, completely against the run of play. But, um, and, and we'll probably come on to it. Yeah, but Ayu had a fantastic game yesterday. He did, he did. Well, and we'll talk more about that in a, in a little while. Uh, cue pandemonium in the away end, by the way. It was uh, it was limbs everywhere. It was pretty cool. Um, so, um, Aaron, you watched the game um, live yesterday. Did you watch it live or did you watch it yeah, on correct. You watched no, it live? No, live. live. Yeah. Live. Okay. What were your thoughts in the first 20 minutes that, that Fergus sort of just give us a few snippets of? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that, <clears throat> I mean, we'll go on to the first 20 minutes. I mean, I still think for the whole game, I think that they were the better team, to be honest. I think that they, they played pretty well. Um, they just didn't really have any end product. And I think by the by the looks of how they played, I think Vinnie Company would have told them to go out and just absolutely press us. And that's exactly what they did. We, we had no time on the ball for the first 20 minutes, I think, as everyone would have saw, whoever watched it live. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was. They played well, but you know, at the end of the day, that that tips us. Um, I think we have a bit, a lot more quality than what they do, and I, and I think that that comes at the end. You know, we hoof a long ball down the wing. Um, I don't know if I agree with uh, with everyone. I think it was more of a hopeful punt to get get, get a bit of the pressure off. But mate, fair play to Ayu. I'm sometimes his biggest critic as well. But you know, he pressed the defender and he, he made a mistake. Um, and 
Um, that pressing, that one bit of pressing from us, because I'll, I'll be brutally honest, we didn't really press much in the first 20. Um, but that that bit of press really forced them into a mistake and, you know, 1-0 straight away. So, again, completely probably against the run of play, but, you know, our pressing force is a mistake. And, again, that's our quality on the end of the ball and that's what they, they don't have. So mm -hmm. OK. Let, let me bring Jim in then. Jim, um, game obviously is, is different to when you played it, you know, in terms of you know, what the centre-backs are asked to do these days, playing out from the back a lot more. Um, but what were your thoughts about Anderson's long ball, you know, a, a defensive masterclass of a pass or a punt? What were your thoughts? Well, I wouldn't call it a punt. He's probably trying to hit it in the channel yeah. and uh, didn't hit it as far as he would normally hit it. And uh, it looked as if the defender was going to get the ball. But Ayu being Ayu, didn't give him a chance and thought, I'll get that ball. And uh, he's made a nice little turn, you know, a little swivel, got away from him. And a fabulous ball across the box. You could see it. Yeah. And uh, Schlapp was coming in 100 mile an hour. I'd like to have seen one or two other players come in behind them. Maybe, don't know where Edward was, because not having seen the game, only highlight. Shouldn't the centre-forward be getting in there as well? But it was a great ball. And uh, I won't say a punt. I'll say a ball into the channel. Very good. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jim. That's why you're on the show, you know, to put, bring us all back. I'll have, I'll have to remember in. that, Jim. Yeah. We'll have to remember that future Yeah, we'll come to the second second goal later on, of course. But he was involved in that one as well, um, interestingly. Um, good. OK, so we're 1-0 up. It's against the run of play, but um, we took our chance, Fergus. Yeah, OK. So their um, left winger, uh, Kaliosho, I thought he was yeah. there. He was outstanding oh. from yesterday. Yeah, I was delighted player. when they took him off in the second half. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I was, I was amazed. Was. Yeah, um, he really, he really made Wardy work for his money yesterday, um, and and he was the one that was constantly causing um, threat like down that side. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he, um, he set Goodmanson up, but uh, in the twenty ninth minute, he whipped across in, and Goodmanson put his head just wide of the post, the right hand post. Mm. And then um, Kaliyasho again lofted the ball to the left wing, um, and then it, it broke into the penalty area. And Anderson, oh. and I know Aaron, you want to talk about this. Anderson's tackle was just sublime because the guy was he had his his foot back, ready to smash it into the goal, and Anderson just coming from nowhere, and it was just it's just an amazing tackle, perfectly timed sliding tackle. Yeah, what Jim used to do back in the day. Yeah, what Jim used to do all the time. Um, Aaron, you know, you you obviously concur with those comments. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that is, to be fair, I'm, we all know Wardy's getting a bit older, but I mean, yeah, he got absolutely rinsed yesterday. Um, Any, I think teams are looking because they didn't really come down our left a lot. If you notice that, they always targeted the right, as we know that they're going to do. Um, Wardy is, you know, he's he's a good defender, but he's lost that he's lost that couple of yards on that pace, and you know, you put a youngster up against him like that, who's you know pretty pretty quick and good on the ball. He, you know, he absolutely rinsed him all day, so it's definitely something we need to look at. But that tackle from Anderson is just perfectly timed. I mean, that guy is if you see it on slow replay, like that, I saw it when it was live. The guy's about to pull the trigger, you know, and that he's he's probably more than likely going to score, and for him, he. Anderson burst the pace, just come out of nowhere. And that, that was an absolutely, it's a goal-saving tackle. You know, if they score that, you know, game could turn on its head. You know, we don't know. So, brilliant defending from Anderson. Absolutely. He's world-class, that geezer. Absolutely. And and Jim, you, you would support that that stance as well, I guess, would you, from what you've seen? Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as Palace are concerned, that was better than a goal sometimes because he's like, he's doing the job that he's supposed to do. But what I like about Anderson is that he don't take any prisoners when he goes in for a ball. And he's so his timing has got to be perfect. And like that one there was spot on. Yeah, David Hart says Anderson was an angry man yesterday. And uh, yeah, he, he was. It was a, once or twice they, 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 they had words, him and Gay. I don't know if anyone noticed that at the back. Um, so it wasn't all harmony. You know, they, they were they were both wanting to win the game, obviously. Um, but but both lost it a little bit at times, I think. Um, but what, what 
you know, surely nothing goes through your mind other than wanting to win that ball when you go for that kind of challenge, Jim, in the penalty area, when the striker's about to pull the trigger. It's, it's just about winning that ball, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about timing. You know, like, you, you, if you mistime it, especially in this day and age, in my day, I mean, we could take the ball, the player, and anybody else that was near them, and we'd be all right. <laughs> but nowadays, it's almost as if they're looking for something. That's what annoys me about the game today, or football in general today, especially the Premiership. They're always looking for something. Just let the game go sometimes. It's like, drives you mad. But, yeah, he's, uh, I didn't see, well, you said about being angry. That's great. I like to see players. If players are arguing with one another on the park because they want something done a little bit better, that's great. I hate to see all this high fives and, knuckles when they sort of make a tackle that's what you're there for you make a tackle you don't need to be congratulated every time <laughs> yeah you're not wrong there um, I want to just, uh, just pick up this comment in the chat if I may uh, before we carry on with the game Fergus uh, Mark Callahan asks uh, Jim is Anderson more like you or uh, Billy Gilbert you know what do you think um, probably more like Billy Gilbert you know, right. Billy was good, really good on the ball. He liked to spray the ball about as well. And uh, he was he was a hard pass master. And, and he got stuck in, you know. Yeah. And that's what I like about Anderson. You know, a, a few times you see him go in for balls. And he's because his timing's good, he's always going to get the ball, but he'll take the player as well. Indeed, indeed. Good stuff. All right. Well, we, we could talk a, a lot more about that and, and, and we will, I'm sure, as we carry on talking about the game. So, Fergus, uh, pick us up. Whereabouts are we in this game? I've, I've lost track. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're just coming up to, to half time now. And uh, Burnley had one more chance before they went in. And again, it's that Calais show. Um, they took a really quick free kick <laughs> and he let fly. And Johnson had to push his effort to safety. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. a constant thorn in our side in that first half. Yeah. He's 18 years old, that lad, by the way. I was talking to some Burnley fans after the game. Um, and he's been in and out the side this season. Um, but he's only 18. So, uh, interesting. Um, yeah, what, well, what happened at half-time? Well, I don't know. I mean, something happened with Ayu and... Um, uh, who was it? Gahey. Uh, Gahey was the one. Gahey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so I'm not sure if, if Ayu had said something to the ref. And I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know whether he was... They, it was for dissent. Both yellow cards were for dissent. Was it Ayu um, or was it, was it Lerma? I, I, I thought... Nah, it was... It was, So, basically, because that was it. Where I was watching it live, they, they come on and even the commentators didn't know what the hell both of them got booked for. But then when the second half just kicked off, they both come on and said that it was Ayu and Gerhi that got booked and it was both yeah. for dissent. Yeah, okay. so they both said something to the ref that I believe that they should have. Because if you saw Gurhi, I know you was in the ground here, and I don't know if you would have seen it, but as Gurhi's going off, he's absolutely steaming at the referee. He was, um, he was, yeah. And and he had to be pulled away, didn't he? I think yes, Paddy he did. got in there, I, didn't he? I think, yes. I think what happened was Ayu had said something and he'd been booked. Gurhi didn't agree with it, and I think although he's I don't know. It was he, Ward was the captain yesterday, wasn't he? But I think Guy takes it upon himself to be, you know, I'm the leader. And I think he obviously went and said something to the ref, and the ref just booked him as well. Um, so it's almost like you can't even challenge the ref now. You can't even have a conversation um, yeah. without the ref getting upset. And, and no. Yeah, I, I, this is crazy. I, I, it's just this season, isn't it? They've they've they've, they've tightened up. I suppose there's got to be some element of. Uh, of managing the descent aspect in the game, but I think they've taken it too far myself. Jim, would you, I mean, would you let me just bring Jim in, Aaron, if I may? What are your thoughts on this this change and shift this season? Well, you never know what a referee's going to do these days, do you? I mean, I watched the Arsenal Newcastle game, and there's it uh, one of the Arsenal players took out one of the Newcastle players, yeah, yeah. both feet off the floor. I mean, he didn't connect hard with him. But the referee booked three Newcastle players for doing what you should do, saying, come on, ref, what's going on here? He should be sent off for that. And I couldn't believe that. He booked three Newcastle players, one after the other, and, like, is that Havertz or whatever just got a booking? It's like, yeah, yeah. Great. it's a stupid 
that rule and like the kicking the ball away. I mean, you knock the ball a couple of yards and they're booking you. It, again, it's almost as if the. I always thought when I played, a lot of the, the, the referees were good, but there were some that were like school teachers. And you just could, it was just their attitude. And I think a lot of the referees at the moment are a bit like that. It's like school teacher with pupils. You can't talk to me like that, book you. Ridiculous. Common yeah. sense would prevail. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, Tony uh, Quinn says the ref visibly said to Mark Gahey, uh, do you want another once he booked him once because he carried on? And that's where Paddy McCarthy dragged him away. Um, and that's what the, the coaching staff should have been doing. It was half time. They, they could have get involved. So I'm pleased he did that. And from the away end, it was difficult to tell who was being booked. You knew it was Mark Gahey, but I didn't know who else was booked. Initially, I thought it was Joel Ward because he was in there as captain. But it wasn't him, it was Ayu, as you've quite rightly so, said. So Dawn, Dawn Palace in the comments, Ian, has said that yes. it's to do with the free kick being taken before the referee's right. whistle. Yeah. So that quick free kick that Burnley had a shot from and Johnson that had to save, sense. I think that's yeah. probably what what they went over and spoke to them about. Yeah, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? It makes a lot of sense, yeah. Aaron, did you want to come in to, to say yeah, yeah, I was just going to say the ref, the ref in and Mark Callahan says it no consistency. The 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 ref yesterday, I thought had a very poor game. To to be honest, he was brandishing yellow cards out even at the end of the game, like they were just going out of fashion yesterday. To <laughs> yeah, to us exactly. But there was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing going the way of Burnley. I mean, they made some challenges. I, I won't say they made any awful challenges, but there was a lot of stuff that was going their way, and then. You know, we've kept, kept telling Sam Johnston to hurry up. I know we were in the lead, but that was for the whole game. They were even doing that in the first half. So the consistency from the ref yesterday was was terrible. And I, I thought it was very one-sided. That's how it felt on, on the box anyway. Yeah, and I, it felt like that in the away end as well, mate. I can assure you. Um, Peter <laughs> Banks was the referee yesterday, and I, it was it was all about him, wasn't it, really, at times, which I thought was disappointing for sure. Um, OK, so we'll get to half-time. We're one nil up at half time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, the, so the, the, the next highlight, I guess, in the second half was Eberechi Eze coming on yeah. for Decore. Yeah. Um, I, I know Dave Hart was at the game yesterday, and then he's, he he put something up to say that um, he'd spoken to I after the game, and Decore was injured, and that was That's the right. reason why he came off. Um, because up until then, I thought he was probably one of our best players. Um, taking off one of your best midfield players so early in the in the second half was a bit a bit disconcerting, but it's Eze coming on, so you're like, okay, you know, decent decent substitute to come on. Um, and, and what happened then was Will Hughes dropped back, didn't he? Will he Hughes did, yeah, dropped back. back. Yeah, it's more of a holding yeah. role. Let Eze play in the number ten. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll be honest with him. We'll we'll go through the, all the the highlights of the second half, but I don't think. I mean, obviously. He's, it's his first game back from injury, and he didn't really have much of an impact in the second half when he came on. Up until up until the uh, final few minutes, but yeah. Um, so uh, again, so so Burnley had a, another chance. Uh, six, 60th minute, a Kelly show. He's leading the charge again, um, and he cut the ball back to Goodmanson, and he had that side foot, didn't he? And it's, it was easier to. It was easier to score than miss, I think. That yeah, position. Should, they should have scored that, shouldn't they? Um, yeah, yeah and, he, and, and he put it wide. So uh, we were living dangerously then. And then a couple of minutes later, they get the ball in the back of the net, Burnley. Um, Rodriguez, is it Rodriguez, I think? Um, and at Kalesio, again, he, he takes a shot and it's a tame shot. But it falls to Jay Rodriguez and he swivels and smashes it into the goal. But, I mean, when, when they played it back on the TV, it was about... Four yards offside. I mean, he was miles crazy. off, yeah, and he knew it as well. Yeah, he, miles he, off. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, and then Palace made uh, a few substitutions in the seventieth minute. So Hamada came on for Schlupp, and Kleine came on for Ward. And we probably want to talk about this because, for once, I think Roy recognised that Ward was probably a little bit out of his depth with with this um Caliasho on, on that left hand side and just thought, right, I need somebody who's got a little bit more pace that, that can deal with it. And I was quite was quite pleased to see Ward go off. I mean he's he's a great player, Ward, but I think there's certain games where if you identify he's struggling, you know, 
it's probably best to take him off just to you know, reduce the risk of us conceding. Um, let me stop you there, Fergus. Let me stop you there. Can I bring Jim in if I may here? Um, Jim, um, you didn't see the whole game, but but Joel Ward was getting beaten at every opportunity by this young winger yesterday, it seemed. Um, yeah, he, 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 Joel Ward, is, is, his strength is sort of sometimes in the air and he was cutting out some of the cross balls and that kind of stuff you'd expect him to do. He was getting beaten far too often. Well, do you think that's the, you know, would you go with Roy? He's done the right thing there to have taken him off with 20 minutes to go when we're defending a, a narrow margin? Yeah, well, he's he's brought another player that's probably quicker than him. Uh, and certainly will have more energy because he's been yeah, sitting about for 60 minutes. So I think it's just the case sometimes you bring somebody on fresh legs. Mm. And uh, I mean, people are going to pick out Joel Ward purely because of his age, maybe. He's played a lot of games for a lot of years and teams will pick your weakness wherever it is, anywhere in the park. And uh, and especially when they've got a young lad that are like that who's really quick, then they're going to be sent to him, take him on all day long. Is every time you get the ball, take him on. So, yeah, I mean... In them situations, you always want your right-sided midfield player to give you a little bit of a hand, double up, because it happens quite a lot and you get two players yeah, around yeah. the ball to, to take the, the pressure off them a little bit. But yeah, fresh legs, a good player, a bit more pace, and uh, that's that's what managers and coaches should be doing. Yeah, and um, I, I feel sorry for Wardy a little bit because clearly he's been a super servant to the club. Um, and I wouldn't want to see his his good name tarnished because he had too many bad games. Does that make sense? Um, and I don't think we'll see that, but hopefully Roy will protect him from that and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, if, 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 he, if he does have a bad game again, that he replaces him and we've got a plan B um, to, uh, to cover that right back slot. But I think it is a problem area for us. I think we do need, we've been saying it for a while now, you know, because Klein is... He's only a couple of years younger than than Joe Ward himself, isn't he? You know, he's he's no spring and chicken himself. Um, but uh, I think it was the fresh legs element yesterday which was important. Um, and and then someone said in the chat actually, Klein was standing off the, the winger quite a bit, and then they took him off. Phew, that was good. And they were less threatening when they took the lad off. But there we are. Sorry, we digress, Fergus. No, it's okay. I mean, there was a few chances for Bernie. After those substitutions, um, Bram Hill had a shot from 25 yards, which Johnson saved. I mean, the ball looked like it was moving in the air, so it was it was a little bit more difficult than than um, you thought it might be. And another good save from Johnson. And then Rodriguez lost his marker from a corner. I mean, how many corners did Burnley have yesterday? It was just mental. Um, yeah, and uh, he had a, a header at the, at the near post. And again, another great save from Johnson. Um, hmm. obviously had a good game kept us in the game kept us uh, another clean sheet and that's our fifth now isn't it we've got to be yes. right up there at the top out of how many games 10, 11 games five yeah, sheets. 11 games played five clean sheets only Arsenal have great kept start. more I think hmm. great stat um, then um, so and then around the, well about eight, uh, Ed Bard got injured uh, he went down he managed to get up and he walked back round, and they came back on, but he, he didn't look comfortable. Um, so they made a substitution straight away and brought Chris Richards on, which, you know, again, um, protecting the lead, so decent substitution. But then I real, think Burnley had one. It was real defensive. Uh, it was real defensive. It, you know, protect the lead, wasn't it, that? You take your centre forward off and bring your centre back on. Goodness me, you know. Yeah, but, but then when he took the Corway off and put Eze on, I think, you know, yeah. it balanced it out, really, yeah. you know, when you think about it. So it wasn't it wasn't too risky, but it just meant we had another centre-back. And with all the corners that Bernie were having, you were just thinking one of them is going to pay off at some point. Um, yeah, sure. And, uh, and I like Chris um, Richards, and I, I'm, I'm just sad that he hasn't got more minutes, actually, because I thought, you know, just, sorry, I digress again. Um, I thought he played really well at Villa when he had to deputise. Um, aside from the fact that he gave that penalty away, which I, I still maintain wasn't a penalty, but um, he's a good player. 
and uh, you know he's, he's covering the, the strongest position we have on the pitch. You know the two centre backs, yeah. but uh, but there we are. Yeah. Anyway, so Chris Richards comes on for Edward in the 86th minute. Yeah, and then Burnley have one more chance. Um, O'Shea meets across in the box in the right wing, and his downward head is creeping into the bottom corner, and again. Johnson gets down, pushes it out. Another great save. And then uh, 90 plus four. And I'm going to call it a ball down the channel. A ball down the channel. <laughs> a pump down, a ball the, down the channel. Down. No. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Taylor um, who kind of tried to loft the ball back up the park. Um, and it was nodded down to Eze. And... Uh, he said that was just a sublime pass, wasn't it? And uh, I think it was Ahmada and Tyler Mitchell were both running onto it, but it fell to Tyler Mitchell. And um, yeah, left footed, bottom right hand corner, fantastic goal. And considering his last goal was 902 days ago against Villa and he scored with his shoulder <laughs> uh, for that one, I, I bet he was very happy with yesterday's contribution because that's his first proper goal scoring with his foot. Um, yeah, and also, and it, it, yeah, also in front of a crowd because when he scored first time, it was during COVID, wasn't it? And there was no crowd. Course. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so put the game to bed and the celebrations on the touchline, I was quite happy with as well. You know, because uh, Paddy McCarthy and Ray Lewington and Hodgson, all that hugging each other and high-fiving and um, the relief, I think, um, realising that they'd, they'd won the game. Um, so yeah, so we, so we, uh, we picked up the three points. Yeah, uh, fifth clean sheet of the season. Like I said, um, it meant Burnley have, have set a, a record of six um, losses at home. I think the record is seven, which is held by Mick McCarthy. So um, I think Burnley's next home game is West Ham. So they're going to have to try and yeah, good. Think about that. Thank you, Fergus. We'll, we'll, thank you very much indeed for covering all that. Um, let's just put that picture back, Nigel, of the players celebrating, can we? Um, right at the end. How happy do they look? You know, how, how important was that second goal um, to ensure we got the three points? Um, I've seen something in the chat saying uh, the result was more important than the performance. Yes, I agree totally. Listen, football is a results business. You know, we, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter about the, the stats, and we'll come to these in a sec. Is that the only stat that matters is the fact that we scored two goals and they didn't yeah. score any. Um, you were watching the game live, Aaron. Um, how did you celebrate the uh, the second goal? You know, punch the light bulb or something, or um, <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, I think probably at about four t- full time, it's nearly 3 34 a.m. over here, so was uh, it okay? I don't uh, <laughs> I don't think the missus would have been best pleased with my uh, screaming at the 2-0. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of screaming and shouting. There always is. She has to uh, expect that one now. Um, But, no, it was, was like, as you say, I don't think it was our best performance. Nowhere near it. Um, But at the end of the day, that tells us apart from them and that them teams around the bottom, I'm sure we'll look at the table soon. But I think, as you said... um, and yeah, great quote from Roy there. It doesn't really feel like a 2-0 game from one point of view. To be fair, it didn't need it to be. It needed to be a victory, and that's what we got. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't a game of quality, but we we stuck it in the back of the net, and they didn't. So yeah. we take the three points back to Sellhurst, and, and we're very happy with that. Yep, and it leaves Crystal Palace sitting in 10th place in the Premier League, um, having played 11 games on um, 15 points with a minus three goal difference. And, and you know, you look at, you know, 11 games in, would we have taken that, Jim, if you'd have been offered that uh, before a ball was kicked and said after 11 games we'll be 10th in the Premier League? Would you have taken that? Yeah, I think you would do, wouldn't you? Like 15 points. You always say you get halfway through the season. You want to be, you've got to be on that 20-point mark. So, and we spoke last week about the games coming up, the teams that are in and around us, uh, and we've got a great chance to 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 even better that. So yeah, and we it doesn't matter how well or how bad you play, ten crappy games, ten wins, you're ecstatic. Yes. It's only it's when you play it's when you play well and don't win when people start mourning. 
Yeah, and that's happened to us, hasn't it? You know, time and time again, you know, I've lost count the number of times I've seen us play well and been unlucky not to get anything from the game. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it does all even itself out over the course of a season. I'm, I'm pretty convinced about that. Um, thanks, Jim. Nice. No, just let's get the stats up, the final stats of the game, because they are quite telling. So, slightly different format um, this time. So, Burnley had 17 shots on goal. Uh, we just had the four. Five of those only were on target, three of ours. They are two-thirds possession to Burnley, uh, to our third. Um, they had 578 completed passes to our 295, um, which is incredible. Um, 84% pass accuracy. Ours was lower than that. Um, we fouled more. And this is a stat that got me, and we've touched on it earlier, five yellow cards. It didn't book any of their players at all. And then the corners, very telling, 12 corners. In the first half, at one point, how many corners are they going to have? They just kept getting corner after corner after corner. And we got a single corner, um, which we didn't do much with. Um, so, so yeah, so there's the stats of the game. Um, any of that surprise you, anyone, from what you saw? No? No, I mean, to be fair, like, as, as you say, going back onto our league position, Nathan makes a good point. Would we have taken our league position and the points we've got with all the injuries we've had as well. I mean, let's think about that. We're, we're, we've nowhere bit, we're not at full strength, are we? We're nowhere near it at the moment. So to be in the position we're in, I think tells the quality of the league this year as well. I think we brushed on that, obviously, at the start of the season. We know that there are a few teams down the bottom where, you know, that they haven't got the quality, like Burnley, which, you know, which showed yesterday. But um, we haven't got a full strength side. And I think when we when we do, at least we can we can start to look to push on a, a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. And, you know, um, Fergus touched on this. Um, travelled up with Dave Hart yesterday. Um, he came back in first class. I travelled back cattle. So because he was first class with Grant, they uh, had a little chat with some of the players on the platform. And um, we hear that Michael Elise is likely to be um, in the squad next weekend for the visit of Everton to Celeste. Um, Eberetje Eze told him that there's, he's feeling good. Um, nothing, no reaction at all. Having played his uh, cameo yesterday, so that's good. And uh, Czech Decorey was indeed taken off uh, precautionary because he picked up um, a knock um, and it's not too bad. So, you know, it's nice to have a little insight, isn't it? Um, I also understand that um, uh, Roy was looking at the platform and he, he turned out, he said, where's the train then? I can't see the train. Now, Roy, it comes in from Scotland and then we get on it. <laughs> Apparently, he expected it to be there waiting for him at Preston, but it didn't happen like that. So it uh, did make me smile. Poor old Roy. There we go. Um, one thing that I did talk about yesterday quite a lot, um, Roy, we, we talked about this on last week's show. Roy got some stick didn't he last week after the Tottenham game because of what he said about the substitutes not making an impact on the game the young substitutes and um, to be fair to him he apologised in the week he said he shouldn't have said what he said uh, and that was great that he was able to come out and apologise um, Jim if you were Roy Hodgson um, would you does he have to face the media as much as he does or could he delegate some of that to someone like Paddy McCarthy um, it, it can't be that enjoyable to face a bank of journalists week after week that are just trying to trip you up and, and ask you those difficult questions um, to get some kind of headline. Well, I don't think they've got a choice in the Premiership. I think they've got to. And uh, you, you can send, I would imagine, your sort of second in command out now and again. But I think the, the terms and conditions of Sky means that the manager's got to come out. And I'll, you, I mean, you did support Roy last week. I did. He's, he's a manager. He's entitled to say what he wants. But that was really, it was really nice that he actually come out. I mean, there's not a lot of people who've done that because, as you're rightly, he's a manager. He can say what he wants. But I think when he saw it in the cold light of day, he probably thought, "Oh, that that was maybe wrong of me." So. Hands up to him. I, I thought that was brilliant. He came out, totally apologised, spoke to the kids. And uh, I think, like you're saying there, after the game, you know, sometimes, like, you, you say things because you're really annoyed and it probably just came out the wrong way when he said it. But yeah. the minute yeah. he said it, people just spin it 
and uh, it suddenly looks ten times worse than it is. Absolutely, James. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Well said. Good. Okay. So, thanks, guys, um, for that for the game review. All good. Uh, three points on the road, two goals, um, and takes it up to tenth in the Premier League, as we've already said. Um, so, let me just cover off, if I may, the other teams. Um, Joan Wells has said in the chat this evening, uh, the other teams have done well this last week. So uh, let me cover that off now. The under-21s um, last Monday, the 30th of October, um, in the Premier League, uh, two Division One, uh, They beat West Brom 3-0 at the VBS Community Stadium. Uh, and then on Friday evening, um, just a little close game, this one. They, they put just the seven goals past Leeds uh, for the return of uh, one goal. Um, also in the Premier League, um, that was away up in Yorkshire. So yeah, tremendous results um, for the lads, especially that seven-one dropping of Leeds. Um, and then their next match is an EFL Trophy match. Uh, this is this coming Tuesday. Uh, it's away to Wimbledon uh, at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. I think that's Wimbledon's ground, isn't it? That's what they call it now. Um, the old the new Plough Lane or something. Um, so if you're in the area, if you live around. Uh, Wimbledon, uh, Tuesday night, um, seven o'clock kickoff. I'm told um, on the seventh of November, <clears throat> and then the under 18s uh, were in action as well on Saturday morning, and they were away to Spurs, and they won five two. So fantastic win at the Tottenham Hotspur Training Centre, and congratulations to them. And their next game is a Premier League Cup match against Ipswich Town on Friday the tenth, seven p.m. kickoff again down at Sutton. United's ground. Uh, and then today, our women uh, were in action in the uh, Women's Championship and they won 3-0 away to Watford. So well done to you, ladies. And next up, they play Lewis, Lewis Town, uh, next Sunday, the 12th of November, a 2pm kickoff again at the VBS Community Stadium. And they now sit fourth in the Women's Championship um, having played a game less than everybody else. So it could be a good season. I think it's just the top team that goes up. Liverpool won that division last season, now playing the Women's Premier League. So it'd be really good to have them in the Premier League, wouldn't it, for next season. So well done, ladies. Um, OK, so where are we going next? Um, yeah, just a reminder, um, we had Lindsay on from the DSA a few weeks ago and um, this silent auction for Joel Ward's left boot. It is signed, of course. Um, it ends on the 12th of November next Sunday at 9pm. Uh, bids must be sent to info at cpfcdsa.org. Uh, no less than £250. And all proceeds to raise vital funds for the Disabled Supporters Association. So if you fancy a bit of memorabilia, Joel Ward's left boot um, signed. It's a blue one. Then um, get your bid in. Uh, they'll be pleased to receive it. Um, Lone Watch uh, next. Um, so how did our players get on a bit out on loan? We always start to look at this on the Red and Blue Review. Um, David Botang came on from the bench, uh, came off the bench rather, at half-time for Dundee in a 1-0 home win against Livingston. Um, Killian Phillips and then played um, full 90 minutes for Wickham in a 2-1 away win against Bradford City in the FA Cup. It was the FA Cup first round this weekend. Um, and he scored the first goal after 18 minutes and then was booked 10 minutes from the end. Um, Owen Goodman, uh, he played the full 90 for Colchester, letting in three as they lost 3-2 to Shrewsbury Town, also in the FA Cup. Um, then John Kamani gordon he played the full 90 for Cambridge United in a 2-1 home win against Bracknell Town in the Cup. And Luke Plange came off the bench for Carlisle in the last few minutes in a 3-1 defeat away at Leighton Orient, also in the FA Cup. And um, do we know the final um, clown score today? They were playing 1-1, um, was it? OK. Um, and who was it they were playing against? Some non-league team I've never heard of. Cray Wanderers. Cray, some... Paper Mill. Cray Paper Mills. I mean, you've just got to laugh, haven't you? You know, they can't even beat them uh, in the first round. So, uh, who's laughing the, now? The, the upsetting thing is, if Cray Bailey had won today, that would have been an FA Cup record. 
for the lowest league, non-league team beating oh. a league team. Who knew that? Good close. research. Yeah. So what league do they, they play in? Close. I think they're the same league as Lewis, I think. Are they? My, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to check. But so, so this is about what? Eighth or ninth tier? Eighth. I think it's eighth, yeah. Eighth, is it? Yeah, okay, okay. Um, you played in the early rounds of the FA Cup, Jim, haven't you? Down the years? First, yeah, first yeah, yeah. We've had to play... I think when we got to the semi-final in 76, we played Scarborough, who were non-league team. That was, the, that was the third round, I think. Was it? But yes. I'll tell you what, they're, they're not easy games when you come up against these teams. Not I'll easy. I'll tell you who did play. I think it was in the first round of that cup run. Someone correct me. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. We played Mitchum. Walton Hersham. Played Walton Hersham? Uh, yeah, it probably was. Probably was. Mm. We definitely played a non-league side. I remember yeah. that. How, how, do you, how do players go about that? You know, when you know, you're professional footballers, you play, you're getting paid, you know, good money to play football, and you play a non-league team. It's probably a little bit different now again. I know I keep saying that, but but do you apply yourself in the same way or is there any kind of different attitude? Or No, I think you're, you're sort of well advised that this is their sort of cup final. And the easiest thing to do is go out. Human nature says that this is going to be a walkover, but if you have that attitude and you go on the park, then you're going to be in trouble. So... We've all, we always went about it as if we were playing Manchester United. Uh, and hopefully you'd get on top early on and it would be an easy game, but it doesn't always work like that. No, indeed, indeed. So, Cray, someone says, Paul Bruce says, yeah. Cray, Cray Valley Paper Mills play in Eltham. Okay, didn't know that. Aaron? Yes. So, Cray Valley, just to put this into some context, as, as Paul just said as well, and they also play in the same league. So, yeah, eighth tier, I believe, or ninth. And they play in the same league as Beckenham. So, there you go. There's some context wow. for you. There you go. And then, and then, and so, unfortunately, uh, go on, Ferg. I was going to say, unfortunately, Bobley went out yesterday, didn't they, to Blackpool? Yeah. yeah. My cousin was at that game. Um, they lost 2 0 at home to Blackpool, did Bromley. Um, but so so they've got a replay, um, and they, they, the first game was at the Valley, was it? And then they go back to Cray Valley's Paper Mill. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing about this. And, and the winner plays away. <laughs> oh, they've done the draw already. Okay. So I'll tell you what, that yeah. wouldn't be a bad third round tie, would it? The winner of that 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 tie in the third round. Um, yeah, I, I get excited about the FA Cup when it gets to the second round draw. And then who's going to get who? And then they play the second round. Then the third round draw is a great day, that third round draw. See who we're going to get. I just hope it's not another Premier League team away or some long, long, long old trip that's going to take forever. There's always someone in the North It's always Newcastle, Sunderland or Middlesbrough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right, OK, good. Right, before we get to the FA Cup, we've got some important Premier League games still to uh, to play uh, between now and Christmas. Um, so this is what we've got coming up. Um, Everton are the visitors to Sellers Park next Saturday afternoon. And isn't it going to be nice to play a game on Remembrance uh, Day itself, um, Armistice Day, um, next Saturday? Um, and we can pay our respects uh, before kickoff, I'm sure, again, uh, everyone inside Sellers Park. So three o'clock next Saturday, Everton are the visitors. Um, and then we have an international break. So the weekend after that, it's actually my birthday that weekend. And I'm really pleased that a Palace cannot ruin my birthday weekend, so that's good. And then the weekend <laughs> after that, we go to Luton Town, which is one of their most eagerly anticipated away games uh, because Luton haven't been in the Premier League for such a long time, or never, um, but then been in the top flight for such a long time. And uh, tickets for that one are like a sort of the proverbial gold dust, um, or they will be when they go on sale. Um, Palace, get put your finger out and get them on sale soon. They should be on sale by now, according to my book. Um, and then uh, the weekend after that, we are uh, away at West Ham on a Sunday. Uh, and that's because West Ham play in Europe on the Thursday night. But Sky have also chosen to cover that game. Um, for And it's a two o'clock kickoff um, away at the uh, Taxpayers Stadium. Uh, and then uh, we go midweek. So um, it's, it's going to be a really busy time for the Premier League uh, and the players. You know, it's a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday for us. 
in that week. So within seven days, we play three games of Premier League football. Bournemouth are the visitors to Sellers Park for a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, that one's on uh, Amazon Prime, I think. Um, if you're not at the game itself, you can watch it live on TV. Um, and then we come to the early game at the weekend, the early kickoff Saturday lunchtime on the uh, 9th of December. Liverpool are the visitors uh, to Selhurst. Uh, and that one's on TNT Sports. Uh, before we go to Man City, um, and that's always a good away day, the sort of Saturday or two before Christmas, uh, a three o'clock job. Uh, and then after that, um, our graphics don't go beyond that, but then uh, we play Brighton on a, on a Thursday. So we've got seven games between now and Christmas. So my question, guys, 21 points up for grab. How many points are we going to add to our current tally of uh, 15 between now and Christmas? Do you want some time to think about it? Get a bit of paper out and work it out. Um, you know, seven games, 21 points available. We've got some big, we've got some tough games in there. Let's get the graphic back, Nigel, can we? Just a sec. Um, these next few look pretty good. So, you know, when we look at what's coming up, Everton, Luton, West Ham, Bournemouth, <clears throat> problem with any of them, really. But then the fixtures turn for us, don't they? They turn, they get really hard. Liverpool, Manchester City. Brighton and no easy opposition this day and age. And then after Christmas, we're away at Chelsea on the 27th of December. So the, the fixtures do turn um, at that point. How many points are we getting out of 21 between now and Christmas? Fergus, Tid. Um, one, two, three. Okay, 14. 14. Okay. Aaron's I mean, Liverpool drew with Luton today. Yeah. So, you know, us at home to Liverpool, it's not, it doesn't look as daunting as it did. Oh, well, that's an interesting That's an interesting way of looking at it because uh, some might say, blimey, Luton played well. Um, that's not a gimme, is it, when we go to there in a few weeks' time? So, uh, you know, I mean, that, I'll tell you what, I did watch some of that this afternoon. And they've got a left winger that's sort of electric pace as well, which worries me a little bit. Aaron, what are your thoughts about those next seven games? I'll go with a solid 10. 10 points. Jim, I've got to come to you then. I would like to say 12. I mean, the four games coming up are all very winnable. But then you look at Luton's result against Liverpool and you think, hmm. Maybe even a draw there. It's a tight little ground. Plus, Everton have started picking themselves up. And let's face it, we're not playing well. You know, we haven't really done anything in the last... You know, we've had a, a couple of decent results. But as a team, we're not playing anywhere near we played towards the end of the season. And yeah, uh, yeah. so if we got 12 points, I think I would be... Yeah, that would be, that'd be a great result, I think. Yeah, that'll take us to 27 and, and that, that, or 20, yeah, that'll take us to 27. So that, that would be comfortable going into Christmas, wouldn't it, I think. Um, far more pessimistic in the chat. Um, a lot of people are saying six, eight. Uh, someone wants a, a beer with you, Fergus, for 14 points, you know, saying uh, um, no chance. Um, but uh, Elise, if Elise does come back and, you know, turns on the burners and, and, and Eze starts doing the business as well again, you know, we could look very, very different. The thing about this league and the thing about football in general is that it, things change so quick, don't they? They change so, so, so quickly. Um, and, you know, just who knows what the next games are going to hold. Um, it could be really good. It could be really bad. It probably will end up being something in the middle, Ferg. I was just going to say, like, of some of those harder games, these teams have got to play in Europe. So, you know. That, that should be an advantage to us. Yeah. I know Man City yeah. always always going to be difficult, but yeah. home to Liverpool, home to Brighton, we should be looking to win there. Yeah, and you know West Ham away. You know West Ham have just lost to Everton. They've just lost to Brentford. You know they're you know they've got some good players, but but they're not a team to be feared necessarily. And we've got a good record there as well. You know won yeah. their last season. Uh, I was about to record. say. We, we always do pretty well away down there, don't we? So, yeah, we um, yeah. I can't, yeah. I, again, I'd have to look back. I can't remember a time where we've had a negative result actually down 
down there. So uh, I always fancy us. I've, unfortunately, I've got the other half of my family support West Ham. So uh, I do like getting one over on them. It does make me pretty, pretty happy, that's for sure. That's right. They still haven't forgiven us for that playoff final in Cardiff in 2004, I think, when they thought no. they'd won it before a ball was kicked. But there we are. <laughs> um, such is life. Good stuff. And I think, right. sorry, and I think as well, just for we will be definitely up for the Everton game. I know, well, the fans will be after their absolute wild scenes and celebrations from uh, last season, if I'm correct, where they nearly, you know, thought it was uh, that that comeback was pretty hard to take. I remember sitting on the sofa watching that one with my head in my hands. So uh, yeah. I think we'll be up for that one, that's for sure. Yeah, that was at the end of the season before last, wasn't it? That was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that game. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> um, but there we are. Um, yeah. So um, no love lost between Palace and Everton down the years, of course. And uh, um, hopefully, I mean they're playing well as well at the moment. But um, hopefully uh, we can do well. So let's get your predictions <laughs> for. Um, let's get your predictions for the game itself. Uh, how are we going to get on? Someone's dog's barking. Who's yeah, dog's that's that? Mine, sorry. Mine. Sorry, yeah. It's the fireworks. 2-1. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, okay. I'm going 2-1. 2-1 Palace. Yeah, 2-1 to the Palace. Um, Aaron? 2-0 Palace. 2-0. And Jim? Well, I'll be happy we won 0 1-0. Good stuff. Jim, are you working next Saturday? Yes, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm all I'm, well. Most of the time, I'm there. I just hope. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand this Edward playing up front because, especially against a team like Everton with their big centre halves, mm. every time the ball goes up there, it's going to come straight back, and then we're either defending or try to win it back again. I don't know why. I, I said it last week. Why don't you play Jordan Ayew up front? He's the only player in that team that can hold the ball up. We, he's not. It's not as if Edwards great in the air. I, I would rather. I would push maybe Schlappy out wide on the right, uh, Edward on the left. But unless we've got somebody that can hold the ball up and bring our other players into the game, then I think that's why we're really struggling at home. Because every time ball goes up front, it's coming straight back. And you never get any sort of consistency or you can never build on anything. And you remember last year, as soon as Roy came in, he put Jordan Ayer up front and then totally transformed it. He was actually scoring a few goals, but he was holding the ball up, laying it off, people were making runs off of him, and you were getting somewhere. And while Edwards up front, as a lone centre-forward, we're never going to get anywhere. Well, uh, you've got some support in the chat. Jonathan Cook says, bang on, Jim. So, spot on. But, uh, yeah, I, to be fair, Edouard, I think he's better than Mateta in the air. You know, he does flick a ball on, but you need well, someone better. at the end of it. You know, He's better than Mateta, but he's he doesn't hold the ball up and he hasn't got any pace. So, like, when the ball's going in behind people, he can't really get away from anybody. So, I mean, he is better than Mateta, but that's not asking a lot, is it? Well, well, no, it's, no, it's not. I, I, and you've got a lot of support and a lot of agreement in the chat, Jim, for what you just said. So thank you for that. Um, but of course, you know, if we do get Elise back and he he, he puts Elise on the right, I don't think he's going to drop Jordan Ayew. So you might get your wish. He might yeah, just, well, he hopefully, might hopefully that, that will be the case, yeah. So we shall see. Uh, we shall see. Uh, um, we will find out at 2pm next Saturday afternoon what the team selection is. For It'll the be the same. It'll be the same team, 100%. Roy don't Jim, change much. Jim, being the ambassador that you are for this club, you'll be supportive of Roy, whatever he chooses, I'm sure. you know. So. Well, yeah. I mean, you just want to be win, don't you? So. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Okay, look, guys, we're just coming up to nine o'clock. We've been going an hour. I want to thank everyone for joining us in the chat tonight. Sorry we haven't got to everyone's questions, but we couldn't do this show without you guys. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, thank you to Fergus Tid for coming on as always to give us an insightful view of the match uh, and uh, to Jim, the legend Jim Cannon uh, for giving up your time, Jim we're very grateful to have you on, it's always a pleasure and um, to, to young Aaron so thanks for joining us from down under my friend, enjoy your Monday um, we're all going to go off and have a kick now and you're going to be working in the 30 degrees so uh, lovely <coughs> yeah, sounds great doesn't it, good nah, stuff. all good Okay. good night everyone, thanks for joining us cheers yeah, cheers. Can I hold? See ya. <clears throat> mm -hmm.